This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, August 5th, and today we're going to be taking a look at aging stars to draft and avoid. It's the fantasy landscape for old guys across the NBA. I'm joined by Raphael Johnson, Zach Hanshu. Guys, we're talking about uh, old guys in fantasy, the risk they're in today. And I was thinking about this. Like, Do, do either of you guys have a, an indelible moment where you realize, wait a second, uh, people sometimes just fall off the cliff in, in terms of like production. I, for me, it was like, this is a really old example, but like I was playing fantasy football. I played it for a long time. And like, I remember the year that Eddie George just suddenly like was not good anymore. You know, the Titans <laughs> running back is like, wait a second, what what happened? He's been great for like however many years in a row. And now he's useless. Uh, do, do either you have like one of those moments you can remember? Not off the top of my head. Yeah, yeah I think. If anything, like injury related, not so much. Yeah, the guy playing a lot but not being productive at all. So. Yeah, I feel like most of my examples are football related. In basketball, yeah. it I, I don't think it's quite as steep, right? Like, I I in my mind, you don't quite see the same. One year he's here, and then the next year just done, right? A little less likely. It's more of like a oh, he's starting to break down injury wise and. He only played 40 games this year, which we will get into plenty of today. Yeah. In, in football, you see that just cruising, 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 and <laughs> and it's over. Um, all right. Well, well, let's dive into some of these examples. And just for like big picture perspective, I think the reason we're hitting this topic is because guys over 30 are wildly productive, many of them on a per game basis. Some of the best fantasy players are are on the north side of 30 and well on the north side of 30. In fact, five of the top 12 fantasy players just on a per-game basis in nine-category leagues. This past season, five out of the 12 are 30 or older. 12 out of the top 32 were 30 or older. And it's that top 12 that we're mostly going to focus on today. So we're going, uh, starting at the top, in order of per-game value on Basketball Monster in nine-category leagues, we begin with one Kevin Durant, who, as we know, was the number two player on a per-game basis this past season. He's 33 years old. We know the numbers when he plays are still incredible. He was almost at 30 points per game, seven and a half boards, six and a half assists this past season. But he's played a total of 90 games the last two seasons. So, Raf, how do you approach KD in fantasy? Can can you personally spend your first round pick on a guy who realistically probably isn't getting 60 games? Yeah, that's a good question. I think in the case of Kevin Durant, under normal circumstances, so to speak, I, I would just because yeah. of the value, the amount of production that you get from him. He averaged about 30 points per game last season. 55 games played, um, shot it for, well from the field and from the foul line. You get seven, little over seven boards per game, 6.4 assists, about one steal and one block yeah. per game, shade under that. I think the biggest question with him, you kind of hope heading into draft season, is if we'll have clarity on where he's going to be playing next season. I think that's a bigger question than and health concerns are certainly there, but I think. What are the Nets going to do? Are they going to trade him? He's got four years left on his contract. 
So I kind of feel like he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon just because of the asking price yeah, that comes yeah. with that. So I think for a guy like Kevin Durant, I would definitely be willing to gamble on him within the first five picks. Like I wouldn't take him above like a Jokic or a Cat, but mm-hmm. I think that three through five range, I think it's realistic for him, even with the concerns about games played. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with Raph on this one. I don't know if I would necessarily spend a top five pick, but definitely a top ten pick. Yeah. Um, just for some context, Durant has had 13 straight top ten finishes on per game average. Um, he's had five seasons where he was the top player in nine cat, which is the most of any player since the year 2000. Um, just absolutely um, phenomenal value that you're getting out of him. Um, it, a little bit less value in roto leagues, obviously. Just as you mentioned, Matt. He's probably not going to be hitting right. uh, maybe that 60-game threshold. But, um, you know, absolutely. And we've seen him, no matter where he ends up, if it's Brooklyn, if he gets traded, um, he's he's put uh, this value out when he was playing along guys like Russell Westbrook, Steph Curry, um, and the value has just always been there. So I think it's a safe bet for him. And if he stays in Brooklyn, he does not seem like the type of guy that is going to sit out games um, to make a point or to force his way out. So I don't see there being any danger of him uh, not exceeding value, uh, you know, unless you're just concerned about those missed games. Well, and can we just all agree, can we all shake hands on, just miss the games the way you missed him last year because he played every game from March 3rd to April 10th. Uh, every game. He was dominating. He was there when you, needed, when you needed him most in fantasy. So if we could just agree on that deal, I think I'm fine with 55 games if you just miss him in the middle of the season. <laughs> you know, sure. Get my fantasy team off to a great start. I'll, I'll coast while KD is out and then uh, just come back and finish out the season and, and win the fantasy title for us. So it's really, I mean, because that is a big part of this when a guy misses games, right? I mean, yeah. which which is pretty hard to predict but uh moving on and, and this is going to be a big theme missed games the number four fantasy player overall this past season per game was 37 year old lebron james who just continues to defy the rules of age raf you love to say father time is undefeated lebron is is winning this title bout for the most part but i mean once again it is the games played 55 67 45 56 the last four years i mean at this point, we almost know what we're signing up for, it seems like. Uh, barring LeBron having some kind of surprise 75-game season in him, you're getting really good numbers still, and you're getting 55-ish games. Zach, how, if at all, do you approach LeBron differently uh, than you approach KD, for example? Uh, so with LeBron, I'm going to approach him the same way I did last year. Um, I will draft him at cost, obviously, um, if if I can get a good value out of him. Um, he's not a guy I'm going to take in the first round in a nine-cat league, and he's probably not a guy I'm going to take inside the first two rounds, to be honest with you. If he okay. falls to me like around that 30 range, maybe in like the mid-third round, um, you know, something like that, that's a steal. Uh, but yeah, just as you mentioned, the games played, the injury risk as he gets older, um, and you know, there's there's a number of things that he doesn't necessarily do quite as well as he used to. Um, with with Westbrook probably still going to be there, uh, his assist numbers we saw took a hit last year. They're probably going to be down, um, and that free throw percentage of his is still uh, kind of the Achilles heel, uh, even though he does so many other things quite well. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll probably take him if I can get him at value. But, uh, you know, in some leagues, he's going to go way higher than what I'm willing to spend on him. Sure. Yeah, I think last year he had an ADP of 22. I'm sure if you touched on that before, but there are a lot of people who are kind of bit, a bit hesitant to take him 
Right. Obviously, the first round. I think at this point in his career, he's not a first round pick. But personally, I think second round is where he's going to come off the board in a lot of these leagues because yeah. you know you wait for the third round, he's probably going to be gone. And what you're hoping for is that the Lakers are actually good because as entertaining as it is to watch that team absolutely flounder, <laughs> fact of the matter is, is when they struggle, he, his minutes are going to be capped or he's going to be sidelined due to you know nagging injuries or things that you would normally play through if you have something to play for in terms of playoff seating and whatnot. So I think that's going to be the biggest key for them. We'll see if they make a move. I don't really know how much they can do given how much they gave away in that Anthony Davis trade and the, the town they gave away for Westbrook. And it's like, how much more do you have to spend to win now in a conference that's gotten stronger, you know, over the last year, I say, after kind of not really taking a step back last season, but right. it wasn't the Western conference that we were used to when the Warriors were dominant and you had a bunch of teams behind them. And how long can we talk about the Lakers potentially getting Buddy Healed without them actually getting Buddy Healed? It feels like it's been about two years of right. talking I mean, about that. And they should have yeah, traded for him instead of Russell. Yeah, it's none of my business. Well, as for LeBron, you know, you mentioned that ADP of twenty-two last year. I I have to think that's going to correct upward. Like I, I could imagine. I don't know. Yeah, like maybe is he going to go in the early second round of fantasy leagues, and you'll have to make yeah. that decision as a manager. Do you want to? Do you want to? add him to your squad there it's a little tempting when you can get a guy on a, who's a top five on a per game basis potentially as your second fantasy draft pick it, it starts to get tempting um let us go now to the number five player on a per game basis obviously per game is a big caveat here because it's Kyrie Irving he's the first guy on this list who is only 30 years old exactly 30 and the risk here as we all know isn't just injury it's Kyrie's interest level or lack thereof in playing a full NBA season. He has averaged 46 games played the last five years. Averaged 46. Now, I think here we probably across the board, I'm going to take a leap here, are going to agree we cannot take him in the first round, even though he is a no-doubt first-round guy when he's on the floor. He's proven that. But at this point, Raph, can you even take Kyrie in the second round? I mean, would you? Let's, Let's say you're getting into the end of the second round. Could you even do it there? Yeah, this is a really weird case. You mentioned correct the upward correction with regard to LeBron James. I don't know if we can expect that here. Like Kyrie had an ADP of 58 going into the last season, but that was because of the vaccine right. mandate, and we knew he wouldn't be available. Right. That doesn't exist anymore, but like you said, we don't know where he's going to be in terms of the mental state. It was reported by Ian Begley of SNY that he's content in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn right now. Is that legitimate or is that because there really isn't much of a trade market for him? You know, I think that's something else that we have to battle with. When he's on the court, he's incredibly productive. There's no denying that. But I don't, I think the third round might even be a reach for him, given the unpredictable wow. nature, you know, of Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I'll actually go a different direction here. I would take him with a second round pick. Um, and I'm not sure what his ADP is going to shake out to this mm-hmm. season. Um, Raph, as you mentioned, it was definitely way, way down last season uh, just because of the uncertainty that comes with him. But I think after, um, you know, after everything that's gone on in the offseason, as you mentioned, there's no trade market for him uh, that we've seen. I've got to think, I know Kyrie's mind works a little bit differently than probably most NBA players we've ever seen, but 
if we think that he has any sort of uh, ego to him or any sort of personal pride in his game, uh, he's going to take the you know no trade market and all the offseason antics as uh, you know a chip on the shoulder maybe and come out and just and play like he always has um, you know 50 40 90 shooting guy uh, plenty of points uh, just does so many things uh, absolutely absolutely well for your fantasy team um, so I think a top 10 finish is definitely in the cards for him and that's a guy that I would I would draft uh, you know with my second round pick even if that pick was let's say number 13. Wow interesting that's that's higher than I'm also willing to go, but I see your logic. I do think that maybe the like the the typical narratives that we apply to these situations may not apply with Kyrie. I mean, we right. just don't know. Right. Like, there's just no no telling what you know his motivation might be coming into. It's also a contract year, so oh, right? does that? Yeah. yeah. Does that does that even matter? I don't know. I mean, in this, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't yeah. know. Right? Yeah. I mean, it it does get. I, I always think of these situations just in terms of the roster. So this guy's my second best player. How do I feel mm. about that roster? You know, this yeah. this much upside and this much downside with my, with my third best player. I even I'm starting to get tempted, as hesitant as I am to draft Kyrie third third round. If he somehow got there, it sounds like he's not in any leagues. I'm in with Zach, so. We can probably put that aside. Um, the number six player on a per game basis was one 34 year old Steph Curry. Now, for me, this is where I'm probably the least worried I've been so far on this list. 63 and 64 games the last two seasons. Not, not great by the standards of yesteryear, but by today's standards, actually, really yeah. almost okay. Uh, Zach, where do you land on Curry? Yeah, Curry is, uh, I, I agree with these, probably the safest first round pick you can go for. Um, just, you know, among old guys, I guess we right. should say, just because uh, shooters, their games typically age a little more, they age a little bit better, right? It's not a steep fall off the cliff for a guy, maybe like a Russell Westbrook who depends on athletic ability uh, or a guy like, you know, maybe like a Derrick Rose whose game is predicated on getting to the basket and kind of playing a little physically around the rim. Uh, Steph Curry, you know, he is still shooting five threes and, and making five threes a game. Um, he's been a top six player in nine of the last 10 seasons uh, with the only outlier being that season where, uh, you know, he only played five games. So Aaron Baines I, season, as we call it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think there's absolutely um, no risk in taking Curry with your first-round pick, uh, and I think it would probably be a very smart decision uh, if he's on the board for you at, you know, three, four, five, and beyond. Yeah, I'd agree with that completely. Uh, he, maybe the one question you may have is if the Warriors try to manage his minutes a little bit throughout the course of the season, especially if some of their younger wings continue to progress, as we saw you know, in the latter portion of last season. But he's, you got to feel like he's going to be a safe bet to get you around 60 to 65 games. And given what Zach laid out in terms of production, that's good enough in terms of a first-round pick, I think. Yeah, I think I think that we all landed in a similar place on this one. I was kind of expecting that we might. Let's move to a, definitely a case where there's a little more intrigue, I think, and that's the number 12 player this past season, James Harden, who is 32 as of this taping, but almost 33. Now, he got through 65 games this past season, and with Harden, it's not just the games that we have to ask about. It's not just where is his hamstring in, on the, mm -hmm. you know, optimum, in terms of optimum levels, but also just his numbers. There, there's We've seen a clear decline in his scoring upside and his field goal percentage, which has 
recently taken a dip closer to 40. The points per game have recently taken a dip closer to 20. But then again, the assists are still pretty elite. Most of the other numbers are holding. Raf is hard in a target for you if he's kind of creeping onto the uh, far side into the second round. Is he is he a draft target for you? I think at that point, yes. And another thing that I think bears mentioning is the free throw attempts. You know, he had to run six straight seasons of at least 10 per game, 8.3 in 2020-21. Last season, is was at 7.3 per game. And when you're talking about a guy who's scoring high 20s, 30 points per game, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty steep decline, even though you may just say it's only three attempts. That's pretty big. Um, so I think that would be the question. I, I think second round for Harden is probably where I would look for him personally. I can see someone going for him late first. But I'll be honest, I'm far more excited about his teammate Tyrese Maxey than I am James Harden going into draft season. Yeah, man, I, I think that's – you're not going to get a lot of debate out of me. Um, as you mentioned, the scoring is down. The free throws are down. Uh, the rest of the numbers, I mean, the guy's still averaging 22, 10, and 8. So you're not going to let him fall past the second round. Yeah. If he's staring at you at – you know, if you got the 18th pick, let's say, you're going to grab Harden in a second if he's still there. That's that's a given. But if the choice is to take him at the end of the first round um, or hold off a few more rounds and grab Tyrese Maxey, I'm not sure, again, where his ADP will fall, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be much more affordable and much friendlier for your fantasy team. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy to take somebody else uh, at that point and go for a guy like Maxey uh, maybe in the mid-rounds of my fantasy draft. Okay, let's move to number 15 overall from this past season. That is 32-year-old Paul George. And this is a case where the games played for, for this guy the past three years have gone from 48 to 54 to 31. And I had to remind myself, this guy used to be an, an absolute Iron Man in terms of being on the floor. But those days seem to be long gone. Zach, I'm finding myself pretty hesitant to take this guy even in the late second round, given these durability issues. What are your thoughts? And... Uh, would you, you know, where's the point where you draft Paul George? Yeah, dude. Um, I think for me, he's probably going to be a do not draft guy this year. Um, you, you know, I'm not sure where his ADP is going to end up, obviously, um, but it's probably not going to be anywhere, um, you know, later than the first three rounds of a draft. Obviously, not worried about him playing alongside Kawhi. His numbers with and without Kawhi uh, since they joined up are nearly identical, actually, um, 80 games with, 22 without. Numbers are pretty similar. Um, but as you mentioned, man, he's just not playing much. Um, and I think this is probably a uh, you know make-or-break year for the Clippers. Uh, I feel like Balmer is probably going to break things up if they don't um, you know, go to the championship this year. Uh, the Clippers have retooled this year. Kawhi missed, obviously, all of last season. So I cannot see them pushing either PG-13 or Kawhi very hard in the regular season. I think they're going to give those guys plenty of time off during the regular season. Um, so I think the idea of drafting him is um, – it's it's pretty scary for me. It's, it's going to be a no. Yeah, I think the Kawhi return is one of the biggest reasons why I'm going to avoid him. Like Yahoo ADP of 13, there's no way he reaches that this season. Like yeah. Even with what he did while on the court last year, there's no way you can take him that high. And then you look at how many young wings the Clippers have. This sets up for a perfect situation where they manage the minutes and games played for both Paul and Kawhi, yeah. just to make sure they're healthy for the playoffs. I think they've got another two years for the new arena opens up, and I think they want to be in a position where they win a title. One of these next two years – 
or at the very minimum, go into that new building thinking that we're a prime championship contender. So I think that's going to be a greater priority for the Clippers than necessarily having their two best players on the court for 60, 65 games. So from the sound of things, I think this is the first, well, not the first guy, but this is a case where it seems like all of us could almost picture a case where Paul George falls into the third round in fantasy leagues. But would you agree with that? Or do you think he's going to go in the second for starters? I think he falls. I, I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people are going to have similar reservations for him. I think it might be a chance to maybe, uh, what did you say his ADP was, Raf? 13? 13. Yeah, so he was the second rounder even last year, you know, and that was with Kawhi. Yeah. So, I mean, let's just say, hypothetically, I, I get you guys' concerns, but then imagine a roster where Paul George is your third best player your team is going to absolutely yeah. crush when he's on the floor. The team that has Paul mm-hmm. George as its third best player, just in a hypothetical scenario, is going to be dominating. That that team is going to be running away with a head-to-head league potentially early yeah. on. And so, I mean, I I guess I can kind of see the case for it, even though there's so much risk. The best-case scenario where he does play 60-something games. I mean, you got absolutely one of the... Because I, I think we all agree he's going to produce when he's on the floor. Like, Kawhi or no... You guys aren't worried about Paul George declining numbers wise yet, right? We're more worried about just can he stay on the floor? I think the I think the biggest thing is I think you're right. If Paul George is your third best player, you're gonna be dominating. But the problem is if Paul George misses any extended amount of time, then you've spent a third round pick on somebody that's not actually playing and you would you would really have to nail the rest of your draft to stay competitive while he's out. So I think that's I think that's probably the biggest issue that people are going to have spending that high of a pick on him. That's that's where I would fall. Yeah, it's like it's somewhat similar to the Kevin Durant situation you mentioned earlier, where you kind of hope that the time that he does miss comes at an opportune point where you can kind of run away and hide with your head to head league early on. If you miss a midseason, that's fine. You'll still be in to be well positioned to make the playoffs. But. Yeah, it's just too much of a gamble for me. If I can get him third or fourth round, that would be cool with that. But that's about it. Okay, we have more names to hit. We're about halfway home. First, we're going to take a quick break. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Just a reminder, if you don't have the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet, go and download it now. The contests are free and easy to play, and you have a shot to win thousands by predicting what will happen in Major League Baseball on the PGA Tour and the NASCAR circuit. 
We also have a special contest on Tuesdays and Thursdays called Battle of the Bets, where you can agree or disagree with our experts for a shot to collect some cash. All right. Now to the guy who was number 17 on a per-game basis, another guy who was 32 years old, almost 33, and you can lock Jimmy Butler in for 50-something games, okay? Last four seasons, 55, 58, 52, 57. He is Mr. Consistency, Raph. Uh, in terms of overall value, I mean, he's he's a lock, I think, for a second round, early second round value at worst, probably. But, you know, the recurring question of this episode, we're back to it. How much do you move a guy down your draft board when you know he's probably going to miss potentially a third of the season or more? I don't know if I'd necessarily drop him that much just because of the production that he has when he's on the floor. Um, another question I have would be the Kyle Lowry situation in terms of how, how much is he going to be on the floor and how that impacts the playmaking opportunities for Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo as well. But I think Jimmy Butler as a second-round pick is perfectly fine for me. It just makes it all the more important that you hit on those third and fourth round guys where you may want to lean a bit more towards durability than you normally would just because of the fact that Jimmy's probably not going to get to 60 games. Yeah, I, I think Jimmy Butler, like you guys mentioned, he has the same issue that a lot of the, these older guys have where he's going to miss games. But, um, yeah, eight straight seasons finishing in the top 15 in nine cat. Um, that's wow. awesome. Um, if you are a guy that likes to or a girl, if you're a fantasy player that likes to, uh, you know, do some punting strategies in your drafts, um, Butler is a great uh, guy for uh, punting threes. Um, so if you're punting threes, typically you're going after, um, you know, big men that'll get you some rebounds, that'll get you a uh, field goal percentage, and you're typically lacking in assists, free throw percentage, steals. Uh, but Butler actually uh, not good at threes, but provides you solid yeah. free throw percentage, assist, and steals. So I think that's a, a pretty interesting uh, target if you're punting threes. I think Butler is is a great guy to build around. The punting threes, uh, the threes punt, I feel like is a is a bold one in today's in today's NBA. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. He's an interesting interesting set of stats. But the steals are are obviously huge. Number nineteen on a per game basis was Chris Paul, who is now 37 years old. Now durability is actually not as much of a concern here, despite him being one of the older guys on this list. 70, 70, and 65 games played the last three years. Just led the league in assists while getting 1.9 steals. Zach, do you have any pause about drafting a 37-year-old Chris Paul going into year 18 of his career, as weird as those things are to say? No, man. No pause about Chris Paul. Um, I, I think there was a time maybe a few years ago where there was some pause, um, you know, maybe that he would miss some games at the end of the season. But as you just laid out, uh, he's been pretty durable here recently. Um, this guy has finished no worse than 21st in nine cat in all 17 of his NBA seasons, which is incredible just because of his skill set, uh, which is extremely well-rounded. Um, he led the league in assists last year, as you mentioned, at the ripe old age of 37. Yeah. Um, and him and Steve Nash are the only players to uh, accomplish that, to average 10 assists and to lead the league in assists at that age. Uh, so I think he's aging like a fine wine, and I think he's going to continue to delight fantasy managers this season. Yeah, I agree completely with that. Um, you know, he only averaged 14.7 points per game, but you're not going to look to him for points. You know, right. Those are other guys in your fantasy roster. Mm-hmm. I think bringing back DeAndre Ayton, I think I'm wondering if his assists will go even higher, You know how they're mm-hmm. going to go about utilizing Ayton in the game because – 
you don't pay a guy that much money to keep him as your locked in third offensive option. I think I think Aiden's going to get more touches. Maybe that helps a guy like Chris Paul from the assist department. It's already a ten point eight, so you know you get even you get another assist or two per game there. You gotta like where you're at. So yeah, I think second third round for Chris Paul, even with the age, mm-hmm. it's good. Just to, like you mentioned, he's been playing more games these last few seasons, mm-hmm. and Phoenix tends to do a pretty good job of keeping guys healthy with their training staff. So I'm not too concerned about going with Paul that early at all. The last few seasons, I think there's there's always a moment early on in fantasy drafts where you start to wonder where's the line for Chris Paul, where getting yeah. him is an absolute steal in terms of improving your roster. And it's you kind of like wait and see because it's not fun. It's not a great feeling to take a 37-year-old with your second-round pick, right? It's not, you know, there's mm-hmm. can you get like a Lamelo Ball in the second round in some drafts, for example, just as one as one example. But there is a point where getting Chris Paul just becomes you know an absolutely explosive steal for your fantasy roster. And I mean, I don't know what that point is for me yet personally. I haven't decided, but if he's somehow creeping into the third round, like. There, there, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Okay, the next one, I don't think we need to spend a ton of time on. It's Rudy Gobert, who is 30 years old exactly. He was the number 23 player in non-category leagues on a per-game basis. Raph, uh, yes, he's 30, but to me, I think the questions about Gobert are more about why did the Timberwolves pair him with Carl Anthony Towns as opposed to Gobert's durability or his fantasy outlook. I mean, is if, if you... If you want these numbers, if you need these numbers, is he an easy late second round fantasy pick for you? I think he is. You pretty much know what you're going to get from him in terms of the rebounding and the defensive numbers. Now, things will probably be a bit different when you're on the court with another seven footer for extended periods as he's going to be in Minnesota. But I think the change of scenery is ultimately going to be good for him. There were issues with the number of touches that he got in Utah. Obviously, there are a lot of mouths to feed there. We talk about Cat and Anthony Edwards. Those guys being the first two on the marquee, so to speak. But I think at least early on, there's going to be a, a more concerted effort to get go bear the ball in the post because you can play cat on the outside. Uh-huh. And I think you know, hitting 15 points per game, I think that may be the minimum for him. I think he can get to about 17 or 18 in Minnesota. You also have to remember D'Angelo Russell's on a contract year. Um, and I think he may be even more – uh, interested in getting those other guys involved, especially a new guy like Gobert than he has been in seasons past. So I think Gobert is going to be a safe second round pick this year. Yeah, I think Gobert is, uh, if anything, could actually be better this year than what he was in Utah just because of yeah. uh, the Timberwolves' pace of play. Um, they were first last year compared to the Jazz, who were 22nd, and the Wolves have been uh, top four in pace in the last three seasons. Uh, so I think, if anything, Gobert will have more opportunities to do what he does best as far as rebound uh, and block shots. And I, I'm not sure if it's bold at this point to call Carl Anthony Towns uh, arguably the greatest uh, big man shooter of all time, uh, but they're going to put him at four. They're going to stretch the floor out, and Gobert is just going to feast right there in the middle. So I think, Raph, I think you're right. Uh, he could actually even score more than what he did in Utah as well. Dirk Nowitzki, for one, would like yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> man, Dirk. <laughs> Hold on. He's not a big man. <laughs> Dirk, like, just turned, what, heard something like, ringing in his ears. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, number 27 on a per-game basis was DeMar DeRozan, 32 years old, turns 33 in two days. Remind me to remind Steve Alexander, the party planner himself, 
for DeMar DeRozan's birthday celebration. But anyway, DeRozan got through 76 games last year. Averaged a career-high 27.9 points per game his first year in Chicago. Zach, for whatever reason, I have almost zero concerns when it comes to age in this case. DeRozan is cruising into his early 30s beautifully. Where are you here? Yeah, no concerns about the age or the skill set. We know what he is at this point. Um, He's a guy that's going to put up a lot of points. He has a high field goal percentage. Um, But he finished 27th last year, as you mentioned. That's the best fantasy finish of his entire career. Mm -hmm. Uh, And a large part of that was 27.9 points per game he scored, which was also a career high. Uh, Don't expect him to do that again this season. Uh, I think that was definitely an outlier, uh, especially with Chicago experiencing so many injuries throughout the roster. Um, So I think his ADP is probably going to creep way up. And I don't think he's going to live up to it this season. So if you got him last year to discount, like around the 40 or 50 mark, uh, that's awesome. But obviously in fantasy, it's all about cost and when you can exceed value. And I think his ADP is going to make it so you'll draft him probably at his peak. uh, And you're not going to be able to get him at any sort of discount. So no thanks for me. Yeah, his his nine cat ADP was fifty four going into the last okay. season. Yeah, um, so you factor in the injuries suffered by Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball. Mm-hmm. The latter, we still don't know when exactly he'll be back on the court. Um, so maybe early on, Demar gets a slight boost in the assist department, but I can't take him at that twenty seventh range that he finished at last season, it, just because I don't know if the Bulls got that much better. Like they obviously had to pay Zach Levine as a, a cornerstone mm-hmm. of their franchise, but beyond that, you know, I, I don't know, man. I, I I think they did good drafting Dale and Terry, but I don't think that's going to impact Demar too much. And yeah. scoring twenty seven point nine, as Zach mentioned, was a career high. I'm expecting closer to like twenty five, and then without the three point shooting. Looking what fourth round value or so, I think you're going to ultimately get from him. He's perfect for Zach's three point punt setup, though. Yeah, only point point seven, <laughs> which is a big number for him. He had point seven this past year. By the way, uh, real life and fantasy, we need Lonzo Ball back. He was yes. really Absolutely. fun fantasy wise. He was an awesome fit for that team. You know, gave them a defensive identity. I mean, like this is the longest lingering meniscus I can ever remember. We gotta, we gotta get this guy back on the floor. Okay, we're staying in Chicago, actually, to talk about Nikola Vucevic, who was number 29 on a per-game basis. He's 31 years old. Uh, For me, it's a similar story with DeRozan, at least when it comes to age and durability. Vuce played 73 games last year. This is about numbers for me. We did see a slight dip in his scoring down to 17.6. That was his lowest since 2017-2018. Other than that, though, I mean... I don't know. I don't have a lot of arguments with him as like a fantasy third rounder. He's, I, I don't know that he's the guy with the Bulls being what they are with the top 12 upside that he used to have. You know, Vooch is always this guy you could take in the second round and he put up borderline first round value. But I think he's just a kind of a locked and lo- loaded solid third rounder. Would you push back on that at all, Raf? Yeah, not too much. I think the question with him, you mentioned Lonzo Ball. Having him on the court can kind of push the pace a little bit. Maybe that gets a guy like Vucevic a few more opportunities. He's more of a pick and pop big than someone who's going to rim run, obviously. Right. But, you know, they ranked 15th in pace last season and, you know, 98, a little over 98 possessions per game. If you can get that to 102, 103, maybe an extra touch or two for Vuce and, and see what he can do offensively. But 
you pretty much know you're going to get solid third round value from him at this point. Contract year and everything, I think that's about where I would kind of target Vucevic going in the drafts. Yeah, not too much to add from me here either. Uh, as you mentioned, his scoring was a little bit down last season, but uh, the defensive numbers were actually up. Uh, he averaged 18, 11, and 3, and, um, you know, a big man that can pass is always kind of uh, – gives you a little bit of a boost in fantasy. So, um, you know, he's consistently handing out three dimes a game and he can shoot threes too. He's not going to give you the two and a half that he, that he knocked down in Orlando a couple of seasons ago, but uh, you know, one and a half a game is very reasonable for him. So I think that skill set absolutely puts him at, you know, right at the end of the third round. Okay. Uh, now to the number 32 ranked player. That's 32 year old Drew Holiday. Uh, we were all worried about Holiday's durability, or at least I was, coming off the championship run in the Olympic summer. But he got through 67 games, uh, which is a real solid number by today's standards, and did some some really typical Drew Holiday things. And by the way, just as an aside, I was looking up his career numbers this morning. I want to read you guys Drew Holiday's average steals per game. That's redundant. Going back to his second year in the league. You ready? Steals per game. 1.5, 1.6. 1.6, is crazy. Absurd consistency for such a random stat. How is that even possible? But uh, Zach, any putting that aside or don't put it aside, any concerns for you with Holiday? Yeah, man, I was looking at his stats earlier, too. So uh, I'm going to read some off that I thought were pretty interesting. Okay, feel free um, to read the steals again. I could just read that all day. <laughs> it's soothing to me to hear the one point. <laughs> <laughs> he, he has averaged at least 18 points, four and a half rebounds, six assists, 1.6 steals. That one's there for you. you. And 1.5 threes for five straight seasons, uh, which is as phenomenal. So he's a guy that's typically finishing in the, you know, the 25 to 35 range in nine cat, uh, maybe a little deviation. Uh, Currently ranked 44th on Yahoo. So if you're playing in a league um, where people are going based off of that value or people are set to auto draft uh, or aren't keeping up too much uh, with with where players are ranked and how they typically perform. I think Holiday is a guy that you could absolutely target uh, and get a good bit of value out of him. You could, you, you know, you could get him for value in the uh, fourth or maybe even fifth round, and you're going to get a round or two better uh, out of his production. So not worried at all about him this year uh, and probably a guy I'll be targeting based on uh, just those initial rankings. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the one concern would be the foul line. He's shooting 76%, which isn't terrible, but for a point guard, you'd like to see it a bit higher than that, at least in the 80% range. But um, another thing I think could impact his ADP early on is what we saw from him, from him in the playoffs. He struggled a bit as that second score once Chris Middleton was injured. And I think that may cloud the judgment of some people. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on board with Zach in terms of targeting him I'd say even late third round, personally. But I think some people are going to see how much he struggled from an efficiency standpoint in that Boston series and allow that to influence his draft value a little too much. So Hmm. I need someone who could potentially end up being one of the steals of draft season. Absolutely. I love it. And let's go. The final name on our list is actually a guy who absolutely falls into that category that's Damian Lillard coming off really a lost season for him 49th on a per game basis 
32 years old, by the way, played in just 29 games. As we know, a season just totally sabotaged by that abdominal issue. I mean, we've said on the podcast already, Raph, that Lillard feels like a potential second round pick that's close to a first round lock if he's healthy. I mean, I don't know. Will he end up in the, in the first round by the time we get to draft season? Maybe, but isn't this guy the key to to all of us winning our fantasy leagues this season? Am I overstating it? No. If I have a late first round pick, I'm taking it. Okay. Um, all right. Yeah, that ruins my, plan. like that ruins my plans. Because my plan is yeah. to get him at like 14, and then I'm like, I'm yeah. Set. I think the back end of the top 10 is perfectly reasonable for him. You have yeah. to remember that abdominal injury has been lingering for quite some time now. So to yeah. get it taken care of through surgery and rest, and I don't know, whenever I think about Dame, I think back to that clip in, in the bubble where he told people to stop playing with his name. And, <laughs> and I feel like he's going to come out like gangbusters this season. You add yeah. Jeremy Grant to the mix, there may be some questions in terms of how a partnership between Dame and Anthony Simons will work out because obviously uh-huh. all those years playing next to C.J. McCollum, it's going to be a bit of an adjustment period. Yeah. But I think Dame's going to be a high 20 score, seven assists per game. He'll get you three, four, maybe even five rebounds per game, too. So, yeah, I'm all on board with Damian Lillard bandwagon going into draft season. Yeah, I think Damian Lillard has a bounce back year as well. Uh, I don't have too much to add on to what Raf said. Uh, other than I probably wouldn't take him at that 10 to 12 range. Uh, he's a guy that I would wait uh, to see if he falls into the second round. And if he falls into that, you know, 14 to 18 range, like you're talking about there, Matt, uh, that's somewhere I'd be more comfortable getting him again, just because cost and value. Um, do we see him being a top five guy uh, based on some of the other names we've mentioned and and some of the other guys we didn't even talk about? Probably not. Do we see him maybe being a top ten to twelve guy? Sure, but I'm not. I, I'm not looking to draft a guy where he's going to finish. I want to draft a guy and then get some value on top of that. So uh, maybe taking him right there at the end of the first round. I don't think that's for me. That's fair. I think I would. I'm more willing to consider him toward the end of the first round. I would just prefer mm-hmm. to get him in the second. You know what I mean? Yep. I would just be happier if we could just, you know, let him fall to the second. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that it's all about what kind of what kind of like what you just said, Zach. I mean, you want your second round pick to be a guy who has easy first round ceiling. You know, that that's the reason that I maybe wouldn't draft a go bear, for example, because it's like, He's a second round pick who's going to be a second round player probably. Yeah. I want a guy who in the second round, especially in the early second round, who can make that leap and then suddenly I've got two first round studs on my roster and I'm, you know, crushing people. That's that's the case for Paul George if he falls far enough, you know? When, when just, I don't know. Well, I can't believe I talked myself into that one. over. There. I can't believe that's what happened today. It's not what I expected. Not what I expected to happen. I'm going to need some time to think about that one. Um Anyhow, that is going to do it for us on this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a minute to rate and review us as well. We'll be back Friday of next week. We're once a week at this point in the offseason. want to say thanks to everyone for listening and watching live. Raph and Zach, thanks, guys. This was fun. I'll talk to you soon. Thank thanks, you. man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. 
we come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 